Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the Fat-Burning Man Show, where we talk about real food and real results. Do you play a musical instrument? It's never too late to learn, my friends. Playing a musical instrument comes with a long list of positive side effects, including boosting cognitive function and even enhancing the brain's ability to master tasks involving language skills, memory, and attention. Music can also help reduce stress and even lower our blood pressure. We're only starting to understand the benefits of learning, playing, and listening to music, but today we're here with a listener of the show and someone who actually wrote me a note to get in touch, and I was so inspired that I decided to invite him on. He's also a fellow musician friend. His name is Chase Barron, and this is going to be a fun show. I get a lot of feedback from you folks writing in, and you often say that you love hearing from experts who have deep knowledge in their fields, but you also say that you love listening to regular people who are on their way up. And that's happened a few times where you have people on who go on to do great things. But I think Chase is one of those folks. James Lugo is another listener who got in touch after losing over 100 pounds. We've gotten so much great feedback about his show. So anyway, I just want to encourage you listeners out there to write in no matter who you are, Get in touch. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help you if you want to collaborate or anything else because that happens very often and and some of my best experiences over my career doing this have been the collaborations with folks like you who have just written in. So anyway, before we get to the interview, here's a note that just came in from Sean. He says, Abel, I normally wouldn't do this, but I read your book and listened to your podcast. I follow your insight and eliminated sugar and reduced carbs drastically. I do CrossFit about five days a week, so I am very active. Since I started, I have lost almost 20 pounds, and I just received a message from my doctor about my lab results, and my cholesterol has dropped 39 levels since the spring. I only started following your eating habits in August. I can't wait to continue to see what happens next. Thanks for the motivation. Dude, Sean, thank you so much for writing in and sharing this with us. You and your doctor must be psyched. Of course, we've talked about it on the show before. Cholesterol isn't the be-all, end-all, but it sounds like you're feeling good. You're dropping weight. You're getting faster, moving better, and all these things are really exciting. Now, remember, the hardest part isn't all the exciting whiz-bang results at the beginning. It's actually sticking with it and just moving through the plateaus and the tough stuff that comes up in your life. And we all know there are a lot of challenges that come our way. So kicking out sugar is one thing that you can do, uh, like you mentioned, Sean, in, in your email here. That's one thing that you can do to really get a leg up because if you're reliant on sugar and riding that roller coaster up and down, you're going to be dealing with cravings all the time. And, and I'm speaking from experience here. When I was, you know, not limiting sugar as much as I am now. I was always kind of limiting sugar because everyone has always known that it's not good for you since the time that I was a kid anyway. A lot of people have been avoiding it. So that's one big thing that you can do to make your habits easier moving forward too. Once you get the sugar monkey off your back, you can start focusing on healthy foods and you don't really have to deal with all of the 
being pulled in the wrong direction by these crazy cravings that just keep gnawing at you. The longer you do it, the more the cravings, they don't just suddenly drop off or anything, but they do over time fade away. And it might take years. But, you know, when I drive by a fast food place or when I see, a, you know, one of those Hostess cup, do they even still make Twinkies in those Hostess cupcakes? That stuff's not real food anymore, you know? Talk to me after the apocalypse, after it's been a few years and there are very few foods to eat. Maybe I'll dig into one of those. But in this day and age, do everything that you can do to practice dietary self-defense and make sure that you're eating clean because every once in a while we have to make compromises whether we like it or not, just as a function of living in this crazy modern world that we find ourselves in. So Sean, thank you again for writing in. I'm really stoked that you dropped 20 pounds and your cholesterol is looking good. Congrats. Don't forget to keep in touch as your journey continues. And all of those of you out there listening, don't forget you can always write me at abel at fatburningman.com. Now, if you'd like to try the wild diet yourself, check this out. We just opened up registration for our New Year Wild 30 Challenge, and we knocked 50 bucks off the price for early bird access. So if you'd like to get ahead of the game, you can sign up now at fatburningman.com slash challenge. That's fatburningman.com slash challenge. You can also sign up for the newsletter at fatburningman.com. We'll tell you all about the challenges that we have coming up. So the way that the challenge starts off is I have a Q&A video where I answer your frequently asked questions and walk you through getting started. You'll get instant access to your interactive dashboard with meal plans, recipes, downloads, and quick start videos from yours truly and my wife as well. Head on over one more time to fatburningman.com slash challenge. Usually the challenge is a hundred bucks, but if you sign up soon, then we knocked 50 bucks off the price. All right. So before we get to this show, one of the reasons I had Chase on and why I've had a few guests on recently is because of course they wrote me and then, uh, I just really enjoyed their story. And I thought that other people could learn a lot from it. So anyway, this is kind of the cold email that I got from Chase a while back now. My name is Chase Barron, and I've been listening to you every week for years. I find this podcast to be uniquely impactful on my life because I am a ferociously determined gigging musician. Abel, I know you can relate. My band, selfishly titled Chase and the Barons, has been known to play upwards of 100 shows per year. It's super fun. We stay out late, get lots of free food, and are always the life of the party. Cheers. However... It's also super unhealthy. We stay out late, get lots of free food, and are always the life of the party. It's 2 a.m. No more cheersing, please. The forces of health and rock music are juxtaposed like the Taoist yin-yang symbol. I'm just trying to find the middle path and write a few great songs along the way without trading a six-pack for a keg. But alas, we all know that there are tons of health-conscious musicians out there trying to maintain their body while maintaining the party. Your voice rings true to us. You did it, and so can I. All of this being said, there's a reason that I'm thanking you now. My band has been able to do something spectacular, and I think I'm allowed to say that because we worked real hard, and I'm really proud of the gang. We finally scheduled the release of our debut full-length album. We've played hundreds of gigs. We've raised enough money to hit a legit studio. Kaleo recorded there for Pete's sake. And we've come out on the other end with something we love. And then he sent me a copy of the album. 
And he goes on, I've been sending this stuff to radio stations and record labels, but for some reason, I feel like I need to send it to you personally. I'll say it, if it wasn't for you, I might have lost my health along the way to recording this, and I couldn't pull it off like Meatloaf could. (laughs) Okay, sorry this message is so long, but I had a lot to say and a lot to thank you for. Thanks for the time and your inspiration. Sincerely, Chase Barron. This is really cool. Our normal editor for this podcast and video show went on vacation for a little bit. And so I was in touch with Chase. And uh, since his day job is also as a designer and someone who can do video production, he helped and actually produced a part of this show. And so now he's part of the Fat Burning Man team for real. And he had a couple of updates since it's been a few months since we recorded this. He says the band is currently on a hiatus, but similar to my background and story, now Chase is joining the ranks as an online creator with his own YouTube channel and also he's doing one challenge every single month in 2020 and he's releasing a challenge calendar and I got to see an early version of it and I just have to say I'm so proud of you Chase and all of those of you out there who you know have gotten in touch with me have been listening to the show for a little while and then went on your own journey to kind of become your own creator and then help spread the message of health and and truth and art and all this other stuff that that we stand for on this show and and in our work and I just got to say I'm so inspired by you folks who take it upon yourselves to be a part of the solution. The world has a lot of problems right now. We need all the the helpers in health that we can get. So, I'm glad you're part of the team Chase. If you want to go check out Chase's challenges for the year of 2020, make sure you go to his website chasebaron.com. That's chase b a r r o n. All right, on to the show with Chase. We're going to talk about tips on mitigating the effects of heavy screen time, what heart rate monitors can teach us about live performance, this one's really cool, and how to get a decent meal at a gas station. And don't forget, hang around to the end of this show, and we'll share some new poetry from my number one best-selling book in humor, Design Your Babies Still Get Scabies, and we'll see if we can also share a clip from Chase's new album. Here we go. All right, folks, please welcome to the show Chase Barron, a self-described geeky artistic computer nerd from Pittsburgh. He's a highly caffeinated bike commuter with an affinity for alternative rock music and a slight obsession with health and nutrition. Chase is a designer by day and then he rocks out by night. And they just created, with his band, their first studio album. So thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. With that uh, bio there, we're going to have a lot to talk about today. I think you're right. But let's start where our relationship started. You reached out to me as a listener to this show, you said, for a while. How come and what's going on? Yeah, I guess to to start the journey through health and, and nutrition... I've been involved with uh, working out and what I'm eating probably since about second grade, which is about the same time I started playing piano. I have a crazy dad, which, uh, (laughs) you know, him and a couple of my uncles have a basement they call the House of Pain, where everybody (laughs) works out. And, you know, that kind of started that train. And at the same time, I think my mom kind of grabbed a different side of me and said, you need to take piano lessons. And those two things of music and you know, being involved in fitness and nutrition have kind of evolved over the years until I, uh, you know, found myself getting involved with YouTube and Netflix and watching the health documentaries. And I mean, for a period of time, I'm a vegan and then I was paleo 
And then I was, you know, I was to the point where I would look at a pack of gum and read the ingredient list before having a slice and everything. Yeah. And then I went to college in Pittsburgh, formed a band, got involved with house shows and in the house show community, you know, people are drinking and eating pizza and it, it, it gets a little hairy yeah. down there. And I kind of stepped more into to, uh, music and away from fitness. And it's not like a, a story of gaining 100 pounds, but, you know, when you go from ripped to skinny fat and, yeah. you know, watching that happen and the mental battles that happen with that. And, um, you know, I, I stumbled upon your podcast and when you started subtly saying that you play music on the side and, you know, actually play music on the main, I guess, you know, it, uh, <laughs> it was very nice to see that exactly represented in your podcast. And, you know, I felt like I could connect to something. So I felt like I needed to thank you by the time I came out with the album and I was currently in the process of, you know, getting back down the uh, nutrition rabbit hole. I just had to give a big thank you to you. Man, that's so cool. And so anyway, anyone who's listening out there, this is why I love hearing from you because we could meet like this or e-meet virtually and hopefully we'll jam sometime soon too. But yeah, but that's so cool. One of the things that surprises me because I'm getting older and I don't really have that much uh, connection physically in places with people in their 20s or their teens. But I'm always surprised, like sometimes when I do rarely go out in public these days, like how many people who are younger who are listening, like you, how many people who are actually musicians and, and somehow making it all work, even though they're younger and it seems like harder than ever. So uh, talk about that a little bit, you know, trying to balance those two worlds, because I totally get it and I totally relate. The music world is pretty much the opposite of the health world. But when you find that weird situation where you can make it work, you actually can make it work. Yeah. Musicians are a subset of the normal culture. And then health conscious musicians are a, an even yeah. smaller subset <laughs> of musicians. By We're unicorns. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a few of us. And I think the tricky part with, with our band in particular is we are a fun, upbeat, alternative rock band that we spent last year, well, we spent, no, we spent 2017 playing 100 gigs in the city of Pittsburgh alone. And they were not your typical rock shows. They were kind of bar gigs. Like we turned sure. into this bar band. And what that puts you at is you are kind of the chaos to everyone's life. Like they live in order Monday through Friday, nine to five, clocking in and out, staying on their diets. And then on Friday and Saturday, they go let loose at a bar and they party and they have fun. And you are essentially the life of the party a little bit. And um, it's easy to get mixed up in being the life of the party and partying you know mm. you want to be kind of the surfer and not the wave right which i thought was a pretty good metaphor for it and just teetering that line of having fun and occasionally you know you're in the bar scene you're getting paid in food and drinks and then you say oh i want to make the most of that but really you want to maintain the order of your life while you're promoting everybody having fun and you even want to promote a healthy lifestyle along the way if you can yeah. Um, but just, you know, you turn into a bar band and there's a lot of baggage that comes with it and a lot of people that expect you to be hungry for pizza and they want to buy you, you know, this heavy IPA and yeah. say, here you go. And it's it's a slippery slope. It is indeed a slippery slope because it, at least, you know, if <laughs> we were playing for uh, 
pizza and beer or whatever back in the day, you could sell physical CDs or whatever. And so now it's like, if you're paid in that, how could you not take advantage of at least some of it? I th- and that's another reason why I wanted to have you on this show, because I think maybe it's not rare, but it seems like it's rare to have that uh, that interest and that drive before you like actually need to, right? Because I have a lot of people on this show who have like, they were 100 pounds heavier or they had cancer or, you know, they almost died in some other way. But like, so what's the thing that makes it worth it for you kind of like earlier in your career to stick with the health piece? Yeah, um, I think I got really lucky. I always say this to people. People ask like why I'm healthy and happy and I just got lucky. I got interested (laughs) in health and my own personal happiness and I became aware of meditation at a very young age. Really? Just by chance. You know, I just, I don't know what decisions I made. I want to say I started meditating for the first time probably in like middle school um, around that area. Yeah. I I mean, I got to grow up with YouTube and once you're into fitness at that young age, the communities kind of overlap. The people that are health aware in strange ways and you learn about a lot of different things. So I, I got lucky and I got down this philosophical path at a, at a young age and I was able to, you know, one decision turns into 10 more and 10 more and I got lucky that I just made it a huge part of my life. And I think a lot of people can relate to me in that when you start to get off track as a really healthy person, it takes a big toll on you mentally. And um, although I didn't get far off track when I kind of left the health aside, just that subtle off track was enough for me to really get away after six months, evaluate my life and say, you know, we got to change things around a little bit before the ship, you know, takes a five degree turn and, you know, I wind up in a different country. Yeah. Was there anything specific that set it off that way in your mind where you're like, this is damaging. I don't want this ever again or... (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a slow thing along with a lot of the major decisions that I've made. It's kind of just a culmination of the same thought recurring every day. And, you know, you wake up in the mirror and think the same thing. And after a while, it's like, I guess I should, uh, you know, do something about this. I don't like, you know, being unhealthy. It just doesn't feel good. There's a couple of moments I can think of, like, you know, you're sitting in a studio tracking the same guitar part a hundred times and you haven't eaten anything healthy and you feel crummy and I'd rather be fasting efficiently, energized off some fats and being able to hang in there and uh, not have some sort of glucose crash. Yeah. You know, once you're invested in the scene, it's, it's hard to, hard to get out. And one thing that I think is super damaging, or at least it was kind of for like my generation coming up is like the rock star image. (laughs) is is so terrifyingly horrible in almost every way and also almost decidedly untrue for anyone at least who has a long career right absolutely i mean you see it a lot of times with those older rockers a lot of them turn into vegans and you know they're doing crazy workouts i mean mick jagger now he's doing like crossfit training and stuff he is yeah (laughs) Yeah, he's got to keep that, that form. Is hilarious. Yeah, which is crazy because the Rolling Stones, I mean, they're they're supposed to be the the big time partiers, right? And um, yeah, along with that, I feel like a lot of times I was expected to to party, and 
the thing that happens when you're identifying with labels, I guess, because there was a mm-hmm. period of time where I called myself paleo, mm-hmm. um, but I don't really have any severe wheat allergies or anything, but if you do have a beer and a piece of pizza, you kind of turn that off switch on in your head that says, yeah. and then you say, oh, I'm no longer paleo. The floodgates are open. Huh. Let's be crazy for the next 12 hours and, you know, <laughs> eat a piece of pie. Yeah. But um, I, I guess I'm at the point where it's living in moderation and accepting that sometimes you're not everything you eat is going to be paleo, but that's okay. You can still live in this template. Yeah. And I'm not even saying that paleo is the way, but I'm just, sure. you know, if you do identify with the label and you, you mess up, don't abandon yourself and don't think that you're not good enough for the label. Just listen to your conscience and do the best you can. Have you seen that around you? Cause it seems like labels are one of the biggest problems now, especially with, you know, just like, uh, I remember seeing this a few times, specifically vegan Instagram people, taking a huge <laughs> nosedive because they were caught eating meat, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, so that's a problem if like your Instagram account and your whole thing is your band name, you know, as it were, yeah. is, yeah, is yeah, something yeah. that has to do with, with being a vegan. So that's kind of problematic. So how do you see people around you kind of handling that identity issue? Yeah, it's, it's a big identity issue. It's almost today as big an identity as, you know, religion or politics. It's sure, becoming yeah. a very emotionally driven thing, I think. And I encourage a lot of people to eat healthy constantly, but I avoid labels at as many costs as possible. It just, I use the term paleo because it happens to coincide with the way I eat for the most part. Right. And I mean, that's pretty much what the wild diet is is close to. Sure. But when people attack each other for labels. It's very unproductive. I would say it like this, you know, if you're a vegan and a carnivore, the two of you could walk into a restaurant and leave an hour later and still both of you would have walked away eating a healthier meal than 90% of people in that <laughs> yeah, restaurant. Definitely. So at, at some point it's like, we've all taken the red pill. We've all understood that the modern health big food system, I guess, is a little screwy and you can't listen to the advertising that happens at usually at a mainstream level. And you need to start making decisions about your health. But after that, I don't think there needs to be an argument between the vegans and the paleos and the carnivores because we're all, you know, we're all going into the dark with a flashlight and ending up on a different side of this, you know, dark forest. But we all are taking a step above the standard American diet, which I think is the true yeah. enemy here, if there is one. And the enemy isn't in you know someone that's not your label. The, the mm. enemy is just standing up for your health. Yeah. And I think that we should just encourage each other. At the end of the day, we agree with each other so much more than we disagree. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just it's really sad for me to see that sometimes a vegan can't get along with you know, someone that eats meat and it's just, you're both health conscious. And usually the people that eat a lot of meat are very focused about getting it from good farms. And yeah, I actually went hunting for the first time this year, which wow. uh, was e- exciting. And I finally have like my own deer and it's jerky, which kind of, I get to take on the road because that's it cool. fits in my backpack. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that's been really nice, but I do get a little Especially with the artist community, there's a lot of vegans out there, which right. I mean, fine, you do you, but some of them are like, oh, you, you know, you killed a deer. 
it's like yeah i mean do you know what like a bacon farm looks like <laughs> well we're brainwashed into being divorced from the entire process of all of that and and even just looking <laughs> you're totally right what we have in common is uh, what we don't eat more than anything else which is the standard american way of dieting or even in a lot of uh, cases the politically correct healthy way of eating <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you have to realize that even that can be horrible for you as well but yeah we have so much in common and uh if if instead maybe you both adopt the label of health conscious people then you don't have to be carnivore and vegan anymore and you can just agree that like most of the food out there is poison let's agree about that yeah let's agree about that <laughs> you know i'll go if there's a health conference where you get vegan speakers carnivore speakers and that paleo would be really speakers cool. yeah i'll go to that and i'll support everybody because there's science to back it up did you hear about gary tobbs and stephen guiana on the joe rogan experience yeah, i watched a little bit of that now, that's a, a prime example of two people that, I mean, and they were civil about it. Sure. But, you know, they're citing practically the same evidence and based on the ideologue groups that they come from, they're coming up with different explanations and, you know, different reasons that their diet is right. And those guys were really civil about it. The problem is the comment section where it's the camps sure. and, um, you know, people that aren't as aware of the uh, combative nature of these groups. But I think, you know, it's, it's possible to come to any conclusion. And even, you know, the Jillian Michaels stuff, it works for it, it's a step ahead of fast food every day. Sure. So just take the red pill, you know, as in the Matrix and understand that we're all taking a step towards health and let's support each other and let's look at the facts and go somewhere. Yeah. Cool. Now let's talk about the show itself. And I would imagine there are a bunch of advantages to, to having your health or not being wasted or, you know, being able to do track after track in the studio is one of those things where you have the patience and the endurance and the stamina to do that. But putting on a live show, especially when you're supposed to be the center of attention requires a lot of energy and I know that, um, or at least you sent over that you've been keeping track of your heart rate during these shows. So I'd love to hear how that's going. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Once I got this, I, I highly support just getting a heart rate monitor that you wear all the time. Because we, we played a lot of shows where we have to bring our own PA system. And just even the load in and load out process, I'm like, wow, this is a better workout than the cardio I did earlier. Because right. <laughs> you're carrying these heavy speakers. I have a... A Fender Supersonic tube amp, which is ridiculously heavy. I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking, you know, like a 60-pound thing, which is just doesn't sound like a lot. But when you're lugging it or a couple hundred feet, you know, it gets tiring. It's not the but, most convenient shape either of those things. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you're going to really bruise your legs after a couple hundred gigs. But, um, yeah, the actual stage performance is um, really fun to track as well because you can see where the punk rock song was. <laughs> because you were jumping yeah. around and you can see that sets are timed and we put a lot of thought into our, our set order, but they exist in a way that is kind of an emotional roller coaster with like a heavy start kind of dies down a little, then goes back up and then mm -hmm. dies down one more time and then goes up higher than it's been the whole time. And you can see that we achieved our set list goal by huh. seeing, you know, your heart rate go, that's wow, crazy. that's the start of the show. 
then it dips down. And yeah, that's an experience I've had. I actually even kind of share it on our Instagram story sometimes. Like after a show, I'll be like, well, that's where we played. Uh, <laughs> we have a, a punk rock song that ends the album called We Lost Our Jobs. And I'll be like, that that's, YouTube, I'll yeah. put an arrow and I'll say, that's where uh, We Lost Our Jobs is. Because it's, oh. uh, it's that really upbeat song. Dude, that song was a lot of fun for me to watch. I'm tell you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's based on a true story. That's fascinating because, um, you know, at least for the musicians out there or the people who put on shows out there, that's that's what you want to do with a show when you're making a set list is kind of draw a graph like that. But I've never seen it visually on a heart rate monitor. Yeah, result. yeah it's exciting. I didn't really think about it until I you know, got the monitor and I kind of became obsessed with it for a while while yeah. we were playing shows. And, you know, over time you just start to be like, oh, this is the three hours we played. And then here's the funny part is that uh, loading out is like equally as high yeah. because we just want to do it fast. And, you know, you're a bunch of guys running around with heavy equipment. Let's get this done, which is another reason to behave yourself all night because that loadout can be a real pain if you don't. Yeah. And getting home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, like, you kind of need to be the weirdo, though, don't you? Good thing you're used to that, anyway, being a musician. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but speak to that maybe a little bit, because um, I know that there are a lot of health-conscious people kind of, like, coming up, but it seems like the norm isn't, isn't quite like that. And so you probably get ribbed a lot just for doing the things that you know will keep you alive. Oh, I can give you a hundred stories of weird things I've done to, you know, <laughs> fuel my body in a pinch. Yeah. It's tricky because I'm getting a lot better at it, but there was a period of time. And I will say this about when I told you my history about me getting off track, a lot of it does have to do with that internal shame you feel about being a health conscious person because hmm. you worked really hard to acquire that knowledge. And I think it's easy for other people to think that you think that you're better than them because you're not eating the pizza. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of situations where we go to important events and it's like, oh, Chase doesn't eat carbs. or And, and I'm that uh, that guy and there's a, there's a stigma attached to it. But um, I think if you attack it with confidence and no shame, you can really make a stand for the way you eat and even encourage other people to eat like it. You know, rather than to criticize somebody for eating that, you know, McDonald's cheeseburger, just, you know, just say, oh, I'm eating a, a kale salad I packed. Like, have you ever tried one? You know, there doesn't need to be this uh, combative nature or shameful talk around food. And I'm in a pretty serious relationship and I have been for a while. And I've even gotten my girlfriend pretty hooked on things like kale and She's nice. told me that she's gotten a hard time from her friends about, you know, oh, she eats kale now. And it's just, it seems like a very a damaging thing. thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, these people are drowning and kind of trying to pull you down with them when you're trying to save them with with healthy food. It's, it's, it's a really weird thing. Yeah. I never hear the end of this one story where we went to a Mexican place and I knew that all of the dips... Uh, like guacamole and salsa were pretty in line with what I was eating. So um, I just ordered a dip trio and ate <laughs> as much dip as possible on as few tortilla chips as possible. And to this day, you know, I get crap from the whole, like, don't order any dips around Chase. 
you know, but, but you got to embrace that and be proud of it and be like, yeah, I'm a guacamole monster. Like come at me. Just, just be proud about the way you eat. I mean, yeah. even if it's some stinky sardines or whatever, just, you know, put a smile on and just ask, like, have you ever tried, tried these rather than shame people or let yourself get shame? Just, just, you know, put on a smile. I think that, that gets you pretty far at the dinner table. Yeah, adults just become so, like, constrained in their own ways and so fickle when it comes to that sort of thing, right? Like, kids make fun of each other all the time for what they eat or what they don't eat. I think one of the biggest realizations I ever had is that we never actually get out of high school. (laughs) We expect that, like, the world grows up and we grow up. No. It's like, maybe we never get out of junior high. And so we need to adjust accordingly. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. There's a lot of people their office with like a green smoothie and a thermos that's really stinky and has garlic and and ginger in it and you just golf it down when no one's looking. But just don't be afraid. It doesn't matter if if someone didn't grow up from high school and they're still going to judge you for for something that you've put a lot of time and effort into cultivating. Like, I think you need to be proud about the food decisions that you're making. Yeah. And I'm talking to myself when I say this, don't think I'm any kind of health guru. These are lessons that I try to instill in myself every day. Cause I, I'm the guy with the garlic and ginger smoothie that, <laughs> you know, I I've actually on the way to gigs, I often drink out of a thermos so that I can like make a smoothie hours ahead of time and drink it later. Right. Cause you're on the road. And uh, there was this one instance where uh, somebody thought that I actually had just let something go rancid (laughs) in my car. And and then I'm like, oh, no, I'm about to drink that. Like, you might want to, you know, crack a window. But Yeah, when uh, Allison or I break out the sardines or the salmon, it's like, who's eating kitty food? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it's fun. Yeah, but to to all you college kids out there, specifically about sardines, it was kind of like a guilt food. I used to try to eat them. Like when none of my roommates were around right. because you don't want the whole house stinking like sardines. It's true. But it's, it's real. It's, okay. it's a real yeah, thing. Yeah, it is real. It's a real stink. <laughs> so that's just courtesy, I guess. Anyway, what about the crazy hours that you have to be involved with when you're playing shows, uh, especially on the road or when you're playing a bunch of them in a row? How do you manage that but still try to keep your stress in line, your relationships, your sleep, and the rest of it. And, and not like you have all the answers, but this can be aspirational. What do you try to do at this point? Oh, yeah, certainly aspirational. Yeah, getting enough sleep is hard but crucial. Uh, and, and that's another thing that in the community, as is you're expected to eat like crap, you're also expected to uh, sleep like crap. Like people take so much pride in sleeping for three hours a night right. or four hours a night and getting right. up and going. And I mean, I've been trying to sleep a lot. I do a lot of screen work. So I have these, uh, blue light blocking nice. glasses that I wear, like when I do the social media stuff and yeah, just dealing with the crazy hours, you have to kind of pack your food ahead of time or just know how to hack a gas station. If you want to be able to really prepare for those meals accordingly. Yeah. And I always travel with, you know, earplugs in my bag and like you got to have some vitamins. And I mean, that's why the the green smoothies and thermoses come in handy. It's just how are you going to remain on track and not have a kitchen handy at all times? And at my band, we're currently going to day jobs, going home for a second, going to practice, going back home late at night. And um, on the weekends is when a lot of the gigging happens. And uh, 
yeah, it's, it's a pretty hectic schedule and you kind of have to optimize your time and really analyze your decisions. Does it feel like the partying side anyway? Does it feel like you're giving up something? You know what I mean? Like, are, is there joy there that you're missing out on because you're choosing to be healthy? I, I really don't think so. I, and this is a, this is a moral dilemma that I've been thinking a lot about, but, um, no, I think if, if you really listen to your conscience and want to be happy in the long term, it comes at this higher level of happiness, this uh, delayed gratification. Yeah. Because if I want to be pretty happy now and still happy in the morning and still happy the next day, you have to delay this gratification to where your whole life is just on a whole nother level that you you didn't even know existed. And I think that's kind of where I decided that I had to get back on track is that that next level of constant energized happiness, like inspiration and motivation kind of seeping out of me just disappeared over the mm. course of two years of gigging and putting health aside. And you realize that your baseline is a little lower than it should be. Mm -hmm. And I think when you stay on track, your baseline, it, it just shifts up a little higher. And I don't have any scientific terms to put behind that statement, but I really think that's that's true for me at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I was aging normally according to the, the people at work when I was putting on weight and my thyroid was crapping out and, you know, I was at my lowest of you know, health situations that was normal. Right. And yeah, what's abnormal is what we are now, <laughs> which is very strange. It, it's to think so about. backwards. It's extremely backwards, but there is like, you know, the idea that you can stay out all night and party like a rock star and like, you don't want to be that for other people and you don't want to sign up for that. It's an easy trap to fall in. Right. Um, and you have to realize that you are in fact, stealing a little bit from your own future, whether you're talking about years from now or even just like tomorrow morning, if you're hitting it hard and you're not sleeping enough, it's going to add up. And like, you see how the bad rock star stories go, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, he, hear me out. You do need to occasionally celebrate those victories you have. Sure. Like after yeah. our release show, we had a big release party and, um, what that entailed was like a lot of people storming a gas station before going to a party location. And, you know, you got to just know to navigate a gas station well and just, you know, I'll fuel up on a, a suboptimal burrito bowl, but it'll just be rice yep. and avocado and, and salsa and all these things that are somewhat in my sphere and just know how to let loose without hitting the off switch on who you identify with every other hour of the day. You know, just you're not an on off switch, you know, you're like a be a parabola and just kind of come out of it and then get back on track. Yeah, that is such a great point. And I totally agree with you. <laughs> My friends will say that I'm not someone who like runs away from partying for sure, although I do more these days. But it's yeah. it's, it's important to see it more as a, a spectrum. And the things that really add up are the invisible ones, the ones it's like if you're staying, it's really easy to have a beer every night that turns into a few beers and you're just going band practice, you know, because everyone drinks beers at band practice, right? And everyone drinks beers at shows. And it's really easy for that sort of thing just to creep up in your life. And that seems normal, right? Because it is. And you've normalized it. But if you take a look at those things, then you can kind of like pry a few things out and still get to enjoy, I think, pretty much the best parts 
of being a musician without actually numbing yourself. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's that you know it's that divide of being the life of the party but not being the party. Like you got to yes. figure out what's that alternative way to inject as much positivity into this crowd as possible without thinking that I myself need to let loose and subscribe Funnel to beer. the hedonistic nature. Yeah, right. you'd, you're actually going to have much more energy if you don't. And it's, it's counterintuitive to the image of a rock star. But I think it'll get you a lot further along the, the long haul. Yeah. Are there any things, like, especially, this is one question I get a lot. Number one, like, uh, shift workers. People who just, like, can't really sleep at night because of, the nature of their jobs but a lot of performers also fall into that category i know for me if i was playing shows at night a lot of times it would start after 10 or even after midnight and i wouldn't get home till two three maybe even four and then you're all hyped up on adrenaline is there anything that you've found that helps kind of get get you out of that state where you don't want to come home and then party for another few hours until the yeah you know what i mean oh yeah, yeah yeah and i fight that a lot Last year, I had a show where we didn't get home until about three. We had to leave the next morning at seven, Ugh. and I was unable to sleep. And then I had to get up and just, you know, live out the entire next day of my life. But luckily, like I hadn't drank, I'd been eating pretty okay. So, like, I just got to get up and I was like, I'm going to push it to the limit here, but I'm going to drink about five cups of coffee and survive. But in, in dire need, I do have a few things. I find since I live in the city, I get a lot of ambient noise and a lot of times earplugs do help with that. Although I don't like to use them often cause I just don't trust clogging up your ear holes all the time. Right. But, um, tossing some of those, it just really calms me down. I use an app called headspace for meditation oh, yeah. and they have some really good sleep cycles. Like they have some really good, uh, calming talk throughs. I even have taken L-theanine, which is a good alternative to, melatonin and stuff and if it's really hot out i even have tried glycine as well which kind of lowers your body temperature in a way which is a huge issue for me sleeping especially in unfamiliar places yep. if i'm hot I, I i can't hang with it but through a concoction of i think just laying there if you have your phone if it's not if you're on your friend's couch or something i'd toss in the earbuds and although you might be weird you know listen to something calming and try to try to zonk out. Yeah, it's, it's tough. There's not really a clear cut solution because that's one of those problems that keeps you up all night, literally. Yeah, it really does. But what about the fact that you have to do so many things today, especially as a musician, just to get by? And, and a lot of times that that includes working another job. A lot of people say, especially once they're adults, they can't start playing music because it's too late. They don't have enough time for it or whatever. You're kind of a walking example of not that. So why and, and yeah. how do you make that work? <laughs> well, I'll start with the, the why, which is music has been a huge part of my life for a long time. And everyone in this band sees it as this outlet for creativity and this way to have a positive impact on the community while also earning something for yourself, which is fulfillment. And now we're actually making a little bit of money, which, which is cool. great. Yeah. And, you know, seeing that your passion can be monetized and can sustain you potentially is very rewarding. And it's really hard to let go of, like, it's, it's really hard right. for me to see how far we'd have to go 
before we make this thing, before we have to call it quits because it's, it's, um, you know, it's a part of what we do. It's just, uh, what we feel like we should do and balancing it though requires relentless bookkeeping, I guess, because I kind of have to, we, we all take roles as different types of band managers, but you have to always be ready to take calls. You have to always be ready yep. to uh, do the booking. I mean, we are a business, so we have to worry about taxes and mm-hmm. keeping track of all that. And I just am a re- relentless list maker. I kind of live my entire life off of lists. I'm always writing down short and long-term goals and crossing cool. them off. And, you know, it's like, what all do I need to get done today so that I am able to be on the phone tonight with three different people that want to talk about gigs. And yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, looking at all these different avenues of your life and saying, how can I optimize these to allow me to pursue this side project that hopefully someday isn't a side project? Yeah. What is the thing that doesn't make the people around you give up? You've probably already seen some people who like were really good or really talented or should have kept going who, who like gave up. What's, what's the thing that's keeping you guys alive? Yeah. Well, it's, I understand why people stop. I mean, it's hard to keep the motivation up when you are working on putting in your 10,000 hours. Yeah. Um, because there are definitely days when I pick up a guitar and it doesn't feel, you know, if, if me writing my best song is a 10, I mean, it's maybe a one and it's like, why am I, I back here? But you're just, you're doing it every day. And at times you feel juvenile. I mean, it definitely, it feels a little selfish to be pursuing it so hard and to be putting so much of your time into something. Sure. But for me, we play a lot of charity gigs and we cool. play a lot of things for the community and we try to give back in all these ways that make you feel less less selfish because you have to be looking at that internal philosophical thing while you're doing it. Like if you're just going to do it all for yourself and be an artist, it can take a mental toll and I understand why people go crazy doing it. Yeah. So I try to keep the community at large in mind. I try to keep, you know, obviously rent paid. And uh, I actually have a dog, which I, me and my girlfriend got a puppy recently, which no. has been a huge, although it's another thing in the system that you have to worry about, it, it kind of woke me up and it's like, wow, this is way more important than, you know, my stupid band. That, yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's uh, this is a living creature and I can... I think taking on more responsibility sometimes pushes you in a in a sure. great direction. Yeah, yeah. Getting a dog was one of my favorite things. She's like seven now, and we got her. My wife and I. She she wasn't my wife then, but we got her almost the same time that we uh, got together. And it's like a, it's an amazing way to make a relationship grow. It forces it to grow in in so many different Absolutely. ways, you know. And. Uh, it's great for you. But another thing, because we're coming up on time, but that, that I want to make sure we get to talk about is uh, music and its its power for good. Because uh, a lot of people just by default, if you follow the herd, you'll wind up listening to kind of like the worst junk food music that has ever been created for the purpose of kind of just like distracting your brain and keeping you hooked like Candy Crush or whatever. It's just... <laughs> there are so many things about it that are kind of stuck there. Whereas I find a lot of people who are musicians are drawn into it because, because they realize the power of music for good or bad. Right. So it's maybe you can just riff on that a little bit. Yeah. While you're saying that something needs to be said to musicians. So if you are a musician, this is a, a philosophy that I've been kind of molding that you said that 
a lot of the music that people consume is kind of like that fast foodie music that's just kind of there to get you hooked. Where when you look at the pop charts, you might think that, you know, a lot of this is fast foodie and it is, and it's designed in a way to keep you engaged and it's uh, peaking at all frequencies all the time. And it's like this hyper indulgent music at the same time, the mainstream food, like the places that sell the most food are these, you know, hyper sensory things. And a lot of times musicians can feel bad that they're not peaking at the charts. They're not, you know, streaming on Spotify as much as such and such artists. But really, it's a lot cooler to be that five-star restaurant in your town that everybody talks about because that's a product worth selling and um, worth consuming and people are talking about it and it's not just a a mass-produced thing. Um, I think those two worlds coincide a lot. Yeah, Yeah, I had a a conversation with someone recently about that, that it's it's kind of like being the, uh, you know, whatever restaurant in your town that you love and people praise and you're like a hometown hero. For us, it'd be nice for that restaurant to kind of branch into a couple more chains and yeah. spread across the, the country <laughs> a little better without becoming, you know, a, a McDonald's or something. Well, that's a really fascinating thing. I had a, a recent conversation about that, too, how, you know, it used to be, and at least kind of like the world that my dad told me about and, and that family that like these these small towns, and I grew up in you know in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire, these small towns had the town doctor and they had these mom and pop shops and they had the one restaurant, like we would go to George's diner in the morning, you know, and it was like you knew George and you got to meet the people in your community and it mattered. They didn't want to let you down. You didn't want to let them down. You wouldn't like stiff them on a tip and they wouldn't give you like a bad meal if they could avoid it because it mattered to them as members of the community. And also, you know, if George ran that diner for his whole life, that's, and, and he's doing that as a service in some ways to the community, but also making his, his living, how could it be more successful than that? Right? Like with a bigger McMansion and a bigger car, that's so silly. Um, exactly. but, but it's like the perceived value of that, it seems like has gone away, but the same, you're exactly right. The same is true with musicians. I think it's even maybe more so with performance arts because they happen so much like within that community with people from that community. It's so important. Um, well, music is a super, it's a communal thing. I mean, it's, it's really dawned and grown alongside nutrition. I mean, tribal music was kind of the, one of these starts of, of gatherings and getting together and eating and singing. And it, it dates back so far where I think music used to be just a birthright. I think everybody was musicians. They all grew up singing yes. and hitting drums. And for some reason along the way, it, it got associated with being an artist. And it's it's separate from humanity. And it's up to musicians like us to kind of push that message of, hey, let's get together why are we in this venue together rather than just being home listening to music? It's there's something going on when a lot of people get together mm-hmm. and hear that band and just forget about the world and get lost in the the patterns and let their mood be manipulated. There's something to be said about it that's I think very primal. Yeah, I love that. Well, we're just about out of time, Chase. I can't believe it because we could talk all day, but. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, please tell folks, number one, like, thank you so much for coming on and getting in touch in the first place. And then number two, congrats on your first album. Where can people find you, listen to your music and all the other stuff that you're up to? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. You can find everything about the band. We're on all of the social medias, though I'm currently trying to 
look at the social media less, but you'll find anytime we do something important on the social media at uh, Chase and the Barons, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and that's Chase and the Barons with one R. And then if you want to keep up with me, say you're from Pittsburgh and you want to talk health with somebody, I'm everywhere as Chase Baron with two R's. So that's the uh, distinction to make on your search, and I think you'll know who I am when you when you see me. Right on. And we'll put some of your music on after this as well. Sounds good. Yeah, the new album's called Livewire Bedfire. It's available everywhere. And I think we're going to put on a clip from a track called Meditation Song, because that means a lot to this discussion. Yeah. And uh, watch the other one. What was it about quitting your jobs? Yeah, we lost our jobs. We lost our jobs. Check that one out, too. Thanks. (laughs) Chase, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, Abel. As promised, this is AJ the DJ here. (laughs) Here's a track from Chase Barron's new album. We hope you enjoy.
Well, hey there, this is Abel James returning with a special reading from my brand new number one international best-selling book of humor, poetry and satire, Designer Babies Still Get Scabies. Let's start with one about music. It's called A Little Jazz, Not Too Much. A little jazz, not too much, gives music the magic touch, as long as you don't use it like a crutch or turn your back on the crowd and such. That's a jazz joke. Now, the next one. This one goes out to all of you who don't know what a fluffernutter is. It's called the fluffernutter. I asked her if she wanted a fluffernutter. She looked at me and said, a fluffer water? I said, a fluffernutter. It's simply a marshmallow sandwich with peanut butter. She suddenly started to drool, shake, and shudder, thinking about that marshmallow sandwich with peanut butter. I'd be perfectly content living in a gutter or in a tiny shack packed with clutter. I'd even consider adopting a wicked stutter just to have my fill of that wonderful fluffernutter. When people ask me how I met my wife in this wacky, crazy mess of a life, I say, well, if you really want to know how I got her, my wonderful, talented, and gorgeous lover, the truth is, it was that delicious fluffernutter, stuffed with marshmallow fluff and chunky peanut butter. Now, the next one, called Machine Learning, continues that theme, kinda. Machines are learning, the man is earning. Honestly, I find this quite concerning. Why would computers give a flying fluff when our world is burning? Okay, and time for one more. This one's nice and quick. Space race. Why are we all racing to space? After all, I kind of like this place. All right, if you're interested in designer babies still get scabies, please check it out. And if you grab your copy of the paperback version and you go to designerbabiesbook.com, I'll send you a free copy of the audiobook. No worries. Totally cool. It's yours as a thanks for your support. So once again, Designer Babies Still Get Scabies at designerbabiesbook.com. This is Abel James signing off. Thank you so much for your support. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you and Future Greens. Let me ask you something. Did you eat your veggies today? All of them. Believe it or not, fewer than 10% of adults and children in America get their recommended fruits and veggies in daily. That is absolutely atrocious. And many millions of us are suffering from disease, obesity, and ill health as a direct result. So my wife Allison and I decided to do something about it. Now you can double your intake of fruits and veggies in less than 60 seconds without the sugar or carbs. We're excited to bring you our new superfood greens powder called Future Greens to make it easy to get organic, nutrient-dense veggies in every day, no matter where you are. Future Greens is packed with vitamins, minerals, and filling prebiotic fiber from whole organic veggies, sprouts, algaes, and berries, including kale, beet, parsley, collard greens, cauliflower sprouts, broccoli sprouts, spirulina, chlorella, blueberries, raspberries, and much more. Since Future Greens is preserved, 
you can get your greens on even when fresh produce, salads, and smoothies are far out of reach. Future Greens makes getting nutrition easy, and it tastes great if I do say so myself. Future Greens is a smart and convenient source of nutrition for disaster preparedness, road trips, camping, athletics, and more. It travels great in the car, on the plane, or in a spaceship. Just make sure you activate artificial gravity before opening. Basically, it's like vegetables from the future. So if you're looking to increase your energy and health without the crash from caffeine or sugar, meet your new best friend, Future Greens. As a listener of Fat Burning Man, you can get a 20% discount to try it yourself right now. Just visit fatburningman.com forward slash greens to get over 20% off when you subscribe and save. You'll get our coolest new concoction from Wild Superfoods called Future Greens. Again, just head on over to fatburningman.com forward slash greens to get over 20% off your purchase. We'll see you there. Well, hey there, listener. This is Abel one more time, and I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode of the Fat-Burning Man Show. If you liked it, don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you might be listening to or watching this show right now. And if you have a second, please leave me a quick review for the Fat-Burning Man Show. I read every single one of them, and every time you leave a review, it gives us a little boost in the rankings, and that helps other people find this show. And if you can think of someone else who might enjoy and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or a family member. And if they're like, what is this fat-burning man thing? That's a really silly name. You could be like, you're right, but here's the deal. We've recorded over 250 episodes of the Fat-Burning Man Show with thought leaders in health from all over the world. And so far, we've won four awards, hitting number one in health in more than eight countries internationally. We have more than 30 million downloads already, but we're just getting started. I can't believe any of this, by the way, and, and couldn't do any of this without you. So thanks once again. But here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode of the Fat-Burning Man Show for free with zero outside advertisements, no outside sponsors, and no corporate overlords. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com. I'll give you a, a second here just to type it in, And you'll get all the show notes, transcripts, and video and audio versions for all the past episodes of the Fat-Burning Man Show for free. Better yet, Enter your email at fatburningman.com, sign up for my newsletter, and I'll even send you a quick start guide so you can take your health into your own hands right now, along with a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up. Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now, enter your best email to get your free goodies with a bonus surprise straight to your inbox. This is Abel James signing off. Thank you so much for listening once again. And have a great week.